0: Welcome to the Map Money podcast, where we help you use your money to do more of what matters. You're listening to episode number 70.
1: And today's episode is sponsored by Ahead in 100. This is our group coaching program where we help walk you through uh, our three steps for actually getting ahead with your money and using it to do what matters to you. The three steps are track, plan, spend, and we went into uh, real detail in the last episode on how to use those steps to get ahead with your money. What we do in this program is you get assigned a very specific coach who's going to work with you, uh, grade your homework, give you feedback, make sure that your budget is dialed in, You're also going to come to weekly group coaching calls where you can get your questions answered and meet with other people who are doing exactly what you're doing and trying to better their financial situation. So if you want to get ahead with your money, if you want to make 2022 the year that you finally get your money dialed in and start using it to do what you care about doing, I would love for you to check out our program. Just go to aheadm 100com to learn more.
0: This week we want to really focus in on the tracking piece and the spending piece by talking about like different budgeting styles and um, software tools that you can use and how to figure out which method is the best for you. So this is gonna be a lot of you talking. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is Nick's specialty. This is this is my
1: specialty, but I, I do think so. One of the things we've done is we've created a little bitty quiz where you can actually answer a couple of questions, and then we'll spit out an answer on what we think would be the best for you. And what we thought would be fun is to actually just talk through the questions from that quiz and kind of give some nuance to why the questions matter, how to think about them. Because unlike a lot of financial advice givers, I guess, we don't have one specific budgeting method or tool that we think 100% of people should use. I think that's ridiculous to think that everybody should use this software tool or this approach or whatever, because it totally negates the fact that people are different and we have different desires, different goals, different strengths and weaknesses, and not every system is going to work for every person. And so that the, the point of this episode is really to help give you a framework for thinking through, based on your own unique scenario, what style might work for you. Because you may have tried to budget in the past and be like, this just doesn't work for me. And the reality may be that that style of budgeting really doesn't work for you, but that you can find another style that would.
0: And like we've talked about, like if you're trying to do this with a spouse, like meeting them where they're at, totally. this can be a really important piece of that. Yeah. And, and finding something that's not like too time intensive or too much of a learning curve when you're already kind of struggling to get on the same page together. Like you don't want to add an unnecessary element of complication yeah that's
1: so do you want to go real. ahead
0: and, and give the link for yeah, that quiz
1: yeah so if you want to go to mappedoutmoney.com forward slash 070 for episode 70 you can go through this quiz it's a really simple you know google form and it'll give you an idea of what we think might work well based on how you answer the questions
0: okay so the first question is what's your goal And what's the outcome you're looking for? Maybe you're trying to curb spending, or maybe you just want more data on what your spending habits are, or maybe you're trying to increase your savings, or maybe you're trying to break the paycheck to paycheck cycle. So really dialing in on what outcome are you trying to get out of your new budgeting habit?
1: The takeaway here, right, is why did you even click on this episode? Right. We, we've we titled this episode. I don't know what we've titled it yet, but we've titled it something <laughs> like, you know, uh, what budgeting method is going to work for you or framework for choosing the right budgeting method. The idea being, if you're listening to this, you want to figure out a budgeting system that works for you. And my question is, why? Most people are not just like numbers nerds and they just want to sit and look at their numbers all day. They are hoping to use the information to then do something. And so what is it you're trying to use the information for? I know for me, if I had to answer this question, it would be kind of what we talk about in our intro, right? To use our money for what matters. And I want to be as efficient as possible. I want to make sure that 99% of our dollars that we spend are going towards our highest priority values. That's what drives my sort of budgeting choice.
0: Which, in other words, is you want data.
1: I want really good detailed data. And I want a proactive approach, which we'll get into this in a minute, but I'm very clear on that's what I'm hoping for. Whereas if you're just like, "Mm, I would just like to curb my spending a little bit, or I would like to make sure I'm increasing my savings or just make sure that I'm on track for retirement, that's a very different goal than I want detailed data on what's going on.
0: Okay. So you kind of gave a teaser for this one. So the next question, are you wanting a proactive system where you plan first and then execute through your spending? Or do you want a reactive system where you're just tracking what happened and then you review it so you'd be looking back in the past to review what you spent?
1: With these two, the analogy that I sometimes give is a proactive system is like driving a car and looking out the front you know, front windshield at where you're going and trying to think about where you're going and then making a decision, should I turn left or right? A reactive system is kind of like driving a car, but looking at the rearview mirror at where you've been in the past and then trying to make a decision in the future based on where you've been in the past. You could do it, but it definitely is not giving you the, the most accurate or the probably the <laughs> most efficient way of driving that vehicle.
0: Could you do it? I don't know.
1: I mean, I'm sure somebody could <laughs> do it. I will say that a reactive system does work really well if you are already really conscious with your spending, if you're a naturally conscious spender, if you are naturally really disciplined with your money, if you naturally have a pretty good savings rate, you're saving and investing and all that kind of stuff, then a reactive system can work really, really well for you because as long as you're doing those few things, you look at it every now and again, you make sure you're kind of on track and you you don't really care about optimizing to the 99th percent. You just want to have a good 80-20 approach. The system is great. Yeah. For a lot of people, they're not disciplined enough and they're not conscious enough about their money already for this system to work, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I could see like um, a reactive system for either single people or couples who don't have kids yet where you just don't have as much complication in, in what you're spending. But even like when you're married, I just feel like you need a little bit more of a proactive approach to make sure that you're both on the same page with like where you want to go and that you're working together to achieve the things that are important to you both. I think it could be a little harder to do that with a reactive system for the average couple.
1: I would 100% agree with you.
0: Okay, so from there, the next question is, how much time per week are you willing to spend on managing your finances? Um, and that includes both just that initial period of getting started and then also on an ongoing basis.
1: So with this, with this one, it really just helps you with the specific software tool because if you're using a proactive system, there are some tools that are just have steeper learning curves. They're more powerful, so depending on how you answer the other questions, you might need to put in more time if you really want all the details and the fancy bells and whistles, whereas there's proactive systems that don't take that much time to get up and running and don't take that much time to manage. So you kind of got to decide how much time you're willing to put in. Something like WinApp, for example, I would say is, on the on the more extreme end of steep learning curve, you probably need to put five to 15 hours in in your first couple of weeks to really get the thing set up. Now, once you get it up and running, you can probably do it in 30 minutes a week. Yeah, It's not that big a deal. But but you've got to decide whether or not you're going to do that.
0: Well, and YNAB works for us but because you're very into it. Yes. And you're very into like the tech side of it. But if I was going to budget without you, I would not be using WineApp. No. Like it's it's too Well, much I don't for think me. you want
1: the detail that WineApp cuz cuz that's the other reason I want it is like the, if I was answering this quiz, right? I would want the high detail and I want a lot of control. Like if WineApp didn't exist, I would almost probably just use a spreadsheet because I want so much control and manipulation over the data, but I'm an extreme person you would not ever do that.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I could get what I wanted with with less detail.
1: Totally. So you got to ask that question and get really clear on what you're willing to do on the front end. And I do think that at least for most couples, it's a, there's a division of labor here. Most mm-hmm. most people are not going to put in the exact same amount of work and effort on the finances, just like most people don't cook and clean the house in an exact 50-50 you know, ratio. And so you have to decide not necessarily how much time they're willing to spend, but certainly how much time you're willing to spend on the front end.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, you definitely do the heavy lifting there and we communicate about it a lot. And I'm involved on a daily basis just from the, the perspective of entering transactions, but that's a pretty small piece of it. You do you do the heavy lifting when it comes yep. to our YNAB setup.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'd I'd say whoever sort of naturally in your household is responsible for paying the bills, they're the one who probably needs to have first—I don't know—first dibs or, or first decision in sort of this this question. How, how many how many hours a week are you spend or you want to spend?
0: But if you are that super detailed person, you have to make sure if you're choosing a more detailed system. That you're choosing one that's at a level where your spouse is willing to get on board, because like I'm fine to put in all my transactions and like to keep my receipts and to divide them out and put them put them in the way that you know we've decided to to set up our wine ab, um, but not everybody wants to do that. Mm-mm.
1: So that that kind of gets us to to the next question a little bit, which is how much detail do you want in these reports? Presumably, you're doing this to get some kind of data that then you can make decisions about. You can decide to change or not change your habits. How much detail do you want in order to make those decisions? Are you fine with, you know, a really high level? Or do you want super detail? And the example Hannah and I were going to talk about earlier is like, let's start with the extreme and then break it down. So an extreme simple would be, here's how much you make, here's how much you spend, and here's how much you save. So let's say you make $6,000 a month. You spend 5500 you save 500 If your report gave you those three numbers but didn't tell you anything else about where the money went, is that enough for you? For some people, the answer is, yep, all I need to know about it is how much I'm saving and spending. For other people, they would go, I want a little bit more detail on that. Okay, well, let's double click into the spending. If you had a report that said, okay, you spent 5500 here's how much was in bills, and here's how much was in discretionary, and that's all you got. Is that enough detail for you? Some people would probably say, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Okay, well, what if you're not? Let's double-click in again. Okay, here's the breakdown of bills. Here's the house bills. Here's the recurring subscriptions bills. And here's your other bills. And then for your discretionary spending, maybe here's your groceries and household. Here's your big box stores like Amazon and Target. Here's your kid spending. And then here's your fund spending. Some people would say, yeah, that's plenty. Seven or eight categories. I'm good to go. I'm happy with that. Others would say, no, I want I want the details. Give me every, every bill. I want to know every bill. Give me way more details on my kid spending. Give me way more details on my pet spending. Give me way more details on whatever. And if you want a lot of detail, then you need a fully customizable system where you have full control over the number of categories and detail that you can create. Whereas if you just want something that's more high level, then you can get by with sort of a pre-built system that doesn't give you a lot of control over what you're doing. And you need to kind of know which one you want to lean towards before choosing your system. What I really like about choosing a software tool that does give you the control is that you can, you can still choose to dial it back and keep it simple. Like That's one of the nice things about, like we use YNAB, but one of the nice things about a system that you do have control over that many categories, Cube would be this way as well, is if you want to have one line item for groceries, household, and big box stores, you can do that. But if you want to break it down into this is groceries, this is cleaning supplies, this is cosmetics, you can do that too.
0: And we've adjusted that as we've gone. Like we used to um, break up all of our pet spending and, like, really analyze, okay, was this a vet bill? Was this grooming? Was this food? Was this toys? You know, whatever. Um, and then we got to a place where we're like, our our pet spending is pretty dialed in. We're not going to be changing anything. Like, we have the pets that we have, and we're going to take care of them at this level. And we're not going to be cutting back from that. So we really don't need all that detail. Um, so that's an example of a, a place where we've simplified, and we don't double-click into that category. Totally. Yeah, this
1: this uh, is probably the number one place that I will work with on people and they have so many questions about, which is like, how much detail should they have? And the tendency for a lot of people is they want a lot of detail, they think that that's going to help them. And so yeah, give me all the detail. The reality is for most people, anywhere between 15 and 50 categories, I know 50 can even sound like a lot, but somewhere between 15 and 50 is plenty for you to be able to create actionable, you know, things that you can go do because of the data, you start getting above that, and I've seen budgets with 100 200 categories in there. And now you're, you're just kind of tracking for fun at that point. And I don't know that you're actually getting a good return on investment in terms of the time that it's going to take for you to manage that thing. So you you made a great point with the pets, the reality is, we're not going to change anything about the way we spend money on our pets. So we don't need a breakdown on how the money is spent. Yeah, All we need to know is how much do they cost on average so that we can save enough to make that happen. And then we're good to go.
0: So um, our final question, we kind of already teased this one, is just, are you budgeting with a spouse? And if you are, what system, style, or tool would they be open to using?
1: And I think part of this question is you got to assess their level of involvement. One is no involvement. They're not going to talk to you about this. They're not involved. They're not engaging with you at all. If that's the case, then you're going to have to pick a system that you think they might eventually come around to using. Another level would be no real involvement in using the tool, but they're willing to sit down and have a conversation about the reports. So that is one where you can really choose the tool that you want to use. You just need to find one that can give you some decent data so that you can talk to them about it on date night and, you know, see what's going on and have that conversation. I would say the third one is where you're at, which is like, they're willing to engage with the tool and like do their part. You know, they're willing to put in their transactions. Like for you, I handle all the bills and all that stuff. But if you go to the store and buy something, you'll categorize that and yeah. put it in for whatever it is.
0: And I'll check one out like before I buy something or yeah. So I'll do all that stuff. Um, I think the other important point is like you, you really like a hundred percent stuff. Yes. And so just making sure that you don't, pick a tool like I don't I don't feel like you're resentful towards me at all because you do the bulk of the no, line out uh-uh. stuff um you're like yeah I want to do this like I like it I like the data you know I'm happy to be doing this um and so make sure that you feel that way don't pick like a super detailed tool and then feel like resentful towards your spouse because they don't want to be like in the super weeds of it. this detailed yeah.
1: tool yeah if neither of you are super into this then you don't need a super customizable detailed tool. The one of you who is willing to take it on just needs a basic thing, simple system. Right? Yeah. So that's that kind of brings us to the end of our questions, right? Um, what's your goal? What are the outcome you're looking for? Are you wanting a proactive or reactive system? How much time per week are you willing to spend? How much detail do you want in the reports? And then if you're budgeting with a spouse, what's their level of involvement? And, you know, what system are they going to be open to? That's your questions that can then help you decide which system's going to work for you.
0: So after you've answered all those questions on the quiz, here are the options of what it might spit out to you. First, we have a reactive type budget, and that's going to have a very little time investment, and it's going to be something like mint.
1: You know, this option, if if you don't want to spend a lot of time and you want a reactive approach, you have high conscious level of spending, you don't need a ton of detail, you're already saving a good bit, you just need a little bit of a basic thing, Met is a fantastic tool for you.
0: As somebody who struggled a little bit more with like impulse spending, like I definitely struggled with that more than you do. Um, I feel like this type of system would wouldn't have helped me learn to analyze my spending as much as our like YNAB system has. Um, and I gave that example in the last episode about like being in TJ Maxx and finding something that's kind of been in the back of my mind of like, Oh, I'm going to buy these at some point. And then I found it at TJ Maxx and I almost just like automatically spin it, but I'm, I'm not actually ready for those things yet. So I consciously thought about it and was like, Oh, I'm going to wait on that because I can always just hop on Amazon and order that when we're like actually ready for that thing. Um, And so it's that level of in-the-moment decision-making that I feel like I've really gained from having a proactive approach.
1: Yeah. If you you are currently living paycheck to paycheck, meaning you do kind of need to pay attention to bank account balances so that you don't overdraft, you – basically don't need to use the system at all. Because the problem with something like Mint, this has always been my biggest issue with them, is that they allow you to, quote, build a budget with money you don't have. Basically, the way they set it up is you put in how much money you make per month, and then you put in what you would like to spend on your different areas. And then you're like, oh, cool, I can spend this much money on groceries. But if you don't actually have that much money in the bank account right now, no, you can't spend that money on groceries because you don't have the cash. Yes, you might be able to spend that much this month after you get paid, but if you're not paid yet, you can't spend it. And so this really works great for people who aren't in that system. But, paycheck to paycheck. Pay, yeah, paycheck to yeah. paycheck. But the vast majority of people, I would, I would tell you this system is, is not ideal.
0: So that brings us to the second option, which is bank account budgeting. And this is also referred to sometimes as the anti-budget.
1: Yeah, I think that that phrasing is so funny because it's such just a marketing way to be like, yeah, we don't budget, we anti-budget. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay, no, like a budget is just a plan with your money. So if this you is really just a, less detailed a bank budget. account budget, it's still a budget. <laughs> But whatever. <laughs> the, the idea with a bank account system. A little bit of a sore spot. Sorry. There. <laughs> a little uh, touchy. A little touchy. Uh, the idea with a bank account budget is you proactively make a couple of decisions on the front end. You set up some automatic transfers at your real life bank accounts, and then you kind of forget about it. So this is going to work really good for people who don't want an app or a software tool or any kind of digital system to manage their money, they just want to use their bank account balances. The way this works is that you have one bank account that all of your income comes into. That bank account, you also pay all of your recurring bills out of, your mortgage, your utility bill, whatever. From that bank account, you send money to a bank account for spending, and then however many bank accounts you need for your savings goals. If you're saving for a house, that's a bank account. If you're saving for a car, that's a bank account. If you have an emergency fund, that's a bank account. If you're investing, that's another either investment account or a bank account. And the system, basically, you just think about what you want to save for on the front end, set up all those accounts, use a checking account for spending and a checking account for bills, and then you set up automatic transfer so that every time you get paid, you're automatically sending however much you need to spending, however much you need to all these different savings accounts. You avoid credit cards with this system and you only spend like groceries and fun and eating out and all your fun spending. You just spend from one debit checking account that's your discretionary spending account. And once that bank account runs out of money, you're done. You don't spend anymore until you get paid again and that bank account fills back up. So the pro with this approach is that you're not going to rack up credit card debt. You're going to force yourself to live on your budget and your income, and you're going to force yourself to hit your savings goals because you're doing it all automatically. The cons, obviously, are that you don't really get any data. So this is a really good 80-20 approach for, again, people who are probably already decently disciplined and already have some level of conscious spending going on and don't feel like they want to be 99% efficient. So if that's you, the system's fantastic. I'm a big fan of it, and it can work really, really well if if you kind of meet that criteria.
0: If that's not you, and you do want that 99% optimization, then there's option number three, which is a proactive budgeting app or software. So here's where you get into YNAB or Excel or Cube.
1: Yeah, so this is, you know, some people will call this zero-based budgeting. The big idea here is you are making a plan with every single dollar that comes in the door. Obviously, if you are super money nerd, and tech powerhouse you can build out anything in excel honestly i might use that if i wasn't married to you just because i'm so nerdy yeah uh and and that's what i do for our investments right i I build it all out in, in excel but excel obviously is not for most people it's it's really hard to use and it's definitely on the extreme end Well,
0: you can really go down some rabbit holes, like customizing that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes
1: more of a hobby at that point, honestly. And it's also really hard to use on your phone, which is one of the things that, you know, the whole point of budgeting a lot of the time, especially with an envelope-based system, is that you're checking the budget before you spend money. And if it's hard to check on your phone, then that kind of ruins the whole point. YNAB, obviously, we've talked about it. It stands for You Need a Budget. It's pretty powerful. It's really customizable. The reports are not the best. It's my least favorite part of it. It does have a really steep learning curve. But once you get it, it it doesn't take a lot of time once you get going with it. I would say to anybody out there who is wanting to use YNAB as their system, it's really, 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 really important to start simple and not overcomplicate things. It's the number one mistake I see. If you go to YouTube, if you want to use this system, go to YouTube, type in uh, YNAB beginners mistake. It'll pull up a video I did all about simplicity and the importance of starting simple. The other system I wanted to mention, especially for people who live in the US, because they're not available outside the US at the moment, is a tool called Cube. The thing I like about Cube is that they've got this really interesting technology. Uh, basically, it integrates the bank with an envelope, a digital envelope budget, and it forces you to have to look at the budget before you spend. So WineApp's great if you can build the discipline of looking at it before you spend money. However, you are not tied to anything. So you can absolutely just spend money even if YNAB says you don't have it. Whereas with Cube, Cube is an actual bank account. So when you set it up, your direct deposits go into Cube. And then you set up your envelopes or your cubes as they call it. And then literally, if you go to the grocery store, or you're at a restaurant or you're buying something online, and you want to swipe that that debit card tied to the account, it will not work unless you open up the app on your phone and open up the grocery cube, or you open up the fun spending cube. And so it forces you to look at your cube, make sure you actually have money in it before you spend. So for people who really want to embrace this conscious spending at a whole different level, I I think it's a really, really great Uh, The other thing I really do like about it is it's got a much easier learning curve. And because it is a bank and a budgeting system, all of the categorization and getting categories wrong and all that stuff just doesn't happen because they're integrated itself. And so it's not guessing, oh, I think this is groceries. I think this is that because you're all integrated into one and you're involved telling it what it is, then it, it ends up being less time as well in terms of dealing with all your stuff. So It's pretty neat. It's worth checking out if that sounds like something that that you'd be into. Those are sort of our three recommended systems, Excel, YNAB, and Cube, if you are wanting to do this proactive budgeting route. There's a few other budgeting tools out there right now, but at this current moment, I don't have a ton of experience with them or I do have experience with them and I probably wouldn't recommend them. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with those.
0: So what you're trying to say is that you don't like them.
1: Yeah, there's there's a number of budgeting apps that I don't like that much.
0: I don't want to talk about what you don't like.
1: Okay, what do you want to talk about?
0: Stuff we like. As most of you probably know, Seinfeld is now on Netflix. I grew up watching like reruns of it. And I've always really liked it and thought it was funny, but I've never watched them like all the episodes in order. So that's what we're in the process of doing. But this week in particular, we've just been Googling the Christmas episode. Skipping around
1: and doing Christmas ones. Yeah.
0: And so of course we started with the Festivus episode, which is hilarious. And um, yeah, it's just been fun. It's a fun show to go back and watch. And it's a good like 20 minutes or whatever. And we just laugh the whole time. It's
1: so funny. And you know, I mean, if you could somehow tie it back into money, the whole Festivus episode started because of the over-commercialization of uh, Christmas. So
0: So Festivus for the rest of us. (laughs) All right. Do you want to give us a summary?
1: Yeah. So if you are wanting to budget, ultimately you're wanting to track your money just like what we talked about in our episode on tracking, planning, and spending. You got to decide what system do you want to use to track your money. We've got a quiz for you, mappedoutmoney.com forward slash zero seven zero for episode 70. You can walk through our questions on different types uh, that'll kind of answer for you or help you answer what system might work well for you. The big three ways to think about these systems are: do you want a reactive system with not a lot of time? Do you want a bank account-based system with not a lot of data, but it is more proactive? Or do you want more of like a a full blown budgeting tool that can really help you be proactive? And then within that, Uh, How much time do you want to spend and how detailed do you want to be? And there's a few different options depending on what you do. So think this through. Don't just blindly choose whatever system I use or what somebody else uses. Try to think through what system might work for you so that you don't end up wasting a bunch of time and getting frustrated trying to spin spin your wheels on, on some tool that ultimately just doesn't fit your unique situation. So hopefully this episode was helpful for you. As always, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.